Hello and welcome to Bread for Life podcast. This is your host, Daniel Velasquez. And uh, today I want to discuss more about the Bible. I know last week we started with reading a few chapters, uh, the first chapter of Proverbs, the first chapter of Psalms, and the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Um, and really, I think there is a lot of value in there and in, in doing that. Um, I'm sure, you know, some of you were uh, curious to continue to learn and, and read and explore, maybe go back and, and check it out for yourself. So um, definitely uh, glad that, that that's happening. And uh, the reason is that the word of God is alive um, and it's it's said to be like a double-edged sword that, that penetrates to the depths of the soul and, and to the marrow. Of the, um, it's what it says. So deep, the marrow is what we have in our bones. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think we're reading the Bible, but the Bible is more like reading us, right? Um, and it's a pretty magical book in the sense that it all connects together. Um, as I've said before, it's, it's a love story, right? And um, what I realize is that it's a lot for, for us to cover, right? All of the Bible. So what I want to do in today's podcast is give you a brief overview of what the books of the Bible are, are about. Um, and that way you can actually go in and check it out for yourself, right? Uh, with the with the lens of understanding kind of the overall theme of, of some of these books. Um, many of them are stories, right? Um, they're historical as well, right? Um, there There is debate about a couple of books of it being actually historical or if, it, if it's more of like a poem. Uh, one of them is the oldest book, and it really actually is um, only for the oldest books in the Bible. So one of them is the book of Job, uh, which was a man that was said to be the one of the wealthiest men in, on earth. And uh, basically how uh, the devil came up to God and was like, hey, well, he's only serving you because you blessed them so much. And uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure if you take everything away from him, then he he will curse you and God actually allows the devil to do that and attack him and he kills his family and, um, you know, basically in catastrophe, he, he's then, um, doesn't curse God, but then he's like, oh, it's because he was able to sustain his health. And, um, you know, so then the devil gets permission to take away Job's health and Job is, becomes very ill, uh, with all kinds of diseases. And, uh, ultimately he still doesn't curse God and he, the only thing that he says is, I wish I wasn't born. So kind of like a, you know, depressive suicidal thought where he prefers to not have been born than to have gone through all of that. But um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty intense story. Um, that's one of the books that is said to be perhaps a poem. Um, and, it, you know, it's just meant to show us more of the significance of what Job did by staying faithful to God. And it says at the end of that book that God blessed them um, again. So if you, if you want to check out that story. Uh, Book of Job. Uh, there you go. That's kind of the the overall of that. Um, and Genesis, Genesis. But I do believe Genesis is is factual. Um, many people will disagree, but um, I do believe that um, you know many elements of it. Many of many of them are are very much historical. Um, but it, it is also uh, said to be more of a of a poem, right? That, that kind of gives us the the understanding and explanation of it. So anyways, today I, I really, uh, more than talking about these couple of books, I just want to give you a, an overview of the Bible. Um, and I'm not going to talk about all the books. I mean, there's like, I think like 67, 66 books in the Bible. So it's a lot of them. Um, so, you know, I can't go too much into, into all of them, but I'm going to give you 
uh, very brief understanding of, of many of them. Um, so you can have a better understanding of what's actually in the Bible and, and you can go on and look more into it. Now, I am going to take from this YouTube video um, that's called What Each Book of the Bible is About. Um, and so if you go on YouTube and you look that up, the um, picture of that video is uh, kind of a Bible with uh, some of the books around it in different colors. So that's the one that I that I grabbed from. But um, yeah, we'll start with the Tanakh, which is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, same, that's also the Jewish Bible, right? Which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, I will say, <laughs> uh, some of these books they can be a little. Um, what's the best word to use? Detailed, right? In 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 the way that they describe things, uh, they don't they don't skip out on anything, right? Um, and you know, some of them talk about the rituals and the laws that God gave to his people, um, which are very specific in some ways. So, um, you know, it it can, if you, if you start out just reading the Bible, it's going to require some discipline. If you want to start out with the Tanakh and the first book books of the Bible, uh, that's why, you know, I started out with John and Psalms and Proverbs, which are in my, what I feel, uh, books that are. Uh, oftentimes easier to understand, but also they give uh, more immediate value and uh, they have a lot in, in little. Uh, they're packed with a lot of value and, and power. Um, not that these other books aren't, but, you know, uh, when we talk about, um, you know, some of these other books, they're they're very powerful in that way. So anyways, I'm going to give you um, the, the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, it's all about creation and we see the beginning of a God's people, right? That's where it talks, well, the creation of the world, right? Uh, up until Noah, that's when the flood comes and he saves Noah's families and, and says that from his family, then they kind of repopulated the earth, um, which is interesting because if you look at the history of many civilizations, it starts with a flood, uh, including the Mayans. So there's um, many cultures that have evidence for this event of the flood that happened in Genesis 6, I believe, or that is mentioned in Genesis 6. Um, and then, you know, we go all the way down to Abraham when how God chose him out of uh, Or, which is modern, modern day in Iran, and told him that he was going to give him a promised land in, in Canaan. And he obeyed God and, um, you know, traveled and uh, basically was an old man and he didn't think he could have kids and God wouldn't be able to fulfill his promise. But when he was probably like close to 100 years old, uh, his wife actually had a child and there's actually more to it, um, but because he had a, a child with a servant as well before that, because his wife was like, we need to fulfill God's promises. So he kind of got ahead of, of God and and had um, Ishmael, uh, from whom today it's believed to come um, a lot of the tribes and, and peoples of, um, of um, the Muslim world, and uh, Isaac, which is uh, where Jacob and Esau come from, and Jacob's um, name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons, and um, those were the 12 tribes of Israel, who um, in a way eventually became kind of kingdoms. Uh, they separated into two different kingdoms. So we, we get a, a lot of the history of the beginning of the, the Jewish people, um, or the you know who, who Jacob was, Isaac, Abraham, those generations, uh, and Joseph, which was one of the 12 sons, and his trip to uh, Egypt 
So that's one of my favorite stories a lot in Genesis. I think that is a great book to to read. Um, again, Joseph is an amazing, amazing story. To, this shows how God can work things out in very unexpected ways for the to save his people, ultimately. So I'm not going to spoil that story, but if you want to check it out, it's in Genesis, the story of Joseph. Um, and um, again, there is evidence and historical evidence that the Hebrews were in Egypt, um, which is what's mentioned in Genesis and then Exodus, which is basically when God decides to take them out of Egypt because at that point they had become slaves of the Egyptians. And obviously they were not living in Canaan, which was the promised land. So uh, Exodus is the, the history of salvation and how God is taking his people back. Uh, Leviticus is uh, focused on sanctification. The book of Numbers is focused on wondering. And the book of Deuteronomy is focused on the covenant of God. So this is where God tells them, you know, if you follow, if you actually do what I'm telling you to do and follow this law, I will bless you. And if you don't, well, you will also be cursed in a way um, and suffer. And uh, yeah, so we get, as I mentioned, a lot of the details of the law and the rituals and, and um, history as well of what was going on at this time. And this is all about Moses, right? Um, which was to this day actually still the the biggest prophet for, for Jews, um, Moshe. So that's where we get that. Uh, I'm going to skip all the way to Isaiah. So, you know, after after the, the first, uh, there's some stories, um, very cool story like Esther and whatnot that you can check out that um, also give messages, important messages, and even give glimpses of what's to come in the New Testament with Jesus. But I'm going to go all the way to Isaiah. Um, so basically, there is prophets uh, that got sent, and a, a prophet is just a spokesperson for God, right? Uh, it's doesn't mean that that person, whatever they say, is God's word. Um, it's people that at times, very specific times, God picks to give very specific messages for his people, right? So uh, Isaiah was one of those people. And um, he wrote he's, he's wrote he wrote one of the longest books in the Bible, 66 chapters, which is funny because, again, there's 66, 66 books in the Bible. And it's interesting because uh, chapters 1 through 39 are kind of a microcosm of the Old Testament and chapters 40 through 66 are a microcosm of the New Testament. Um, and basically the first 39 chapters are more focused on judgment. Uh, this And the second um, 27 chapters are more focused on hope, right? Which is, um, apologize if you hear some noises, we're doing, cleaning some things, we're traveling and had the opportunity to do some uh, laundry here and and whatnot before we we keep it going. So, anyways, um, apologize if you hear some back noise. I don't have all my equipment here with me, but still wanted to get this out. So, um, yeah, Isaiah, the first thirty nine books more focused on the law than the second twenty seven books more focused on like the, the gospel again, hope. And it's cool because again, Isaiah was written four hundred years before Jesus, but it actually um, gives a lot of prophecy about Jesus's coming, right? Um, and for example, we talked about the voice calling in the wilderness, right? That's in Isaiah chapter 40. It says a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the, the way for the Lord. And that's referencing John the Baptist, who is mentioned in, in John 1 in the gospel. 
Um, and yep, it mentions, you know, references Genesis, it references um, the creation of the new heavens and the new earth that, are, that is coming. Um, it mentions um, the book of Revelation. So it's, it's really from Genesis all the way through Revelation, you can find things in Isaiah that, that are spoken about. And um, I will read um, a small portion of Isaiah 53, uh, which is one of the areas that gives a very clear um, prophecy or allusion to, to Jesus. And it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53. And that's essentially the gospel, right? Is is uh, the good news about how we are fallen. We've gone astray. We've gone our own way. But, you know, Jesus came and he was, he took the punishment for us, right? Uh, that was meant for us. And if we believe in him, by his wounds, we are healed. So uh, that's the book of Isaiah. Um, I also reference it a little bit, uh, something cool in the first or second podcast, how they found the, in I believe it was the Dead Sea Scrolls or some of these scrolls in, in, in Israel that um, have the book of Isaiah, pretty much, again, one of the longest books in the Bible, um, intact when they translated from that language in the original form uh, from, you know, thousand plus years ago to the modern language, the meaning has remained the same. And today it's actually kept in a super secret top security uh, safety in Israel because it's, you know, one of the uh, clear evidences that they have for a claim to that land in terms of modern Israel. So, yeah, pretty cool that um, God was able to protect that and, and in a way show that um, the Bible that we have today still, even when translated from very, very old manuscripts, um, the meaning uh, mean the, it remains the same and it's been protected. So the book of Obadiah, uh, for example, talks about how um, Israel's rivals, uh, which is an allusion to the entire world, uh, you know, they will, they will suffer judgment. We shouldn't gloat over that. And Israel, which is God's people, or an allusion to all of those that trust in God, will be spared from that judgment. So that's what the book of Obadiah is about, the book of Jonah which kind of goes along at the same time of Micah and Nahum, which are other books there. Uh, Jonah was the guy that got swallowed by a fish. It's that story. And um, it essentially shows that God cares about everyone, even unbelievers. So Jonah, who was one of God's people, he was chosen to be a prophet. He actually ran away from God, and that's why he got eaten by a huge fish, because he disobeyed God. Um, and the pagans, which weren't God's people, they actually obeyed God. So, um, you know, cool meaning there. Micah. It talks about the destruction because of corruption um, that has come upon the world. But, you know, it gives us some hope and it, it alludes to some the new ruler that will be born in Bethlehem. And he will be a ruler for all nations. And we know who that is. Um, Nahum, it, it alludes to God is, um, or the, the, one of the themes, key themes is that God is free to use anyone. Um, and... Yeah, basically how he used uh, Nineveh, which was uh, a city, as a tool to, to judge Israel, right? 
um, and the destruction of Nineveh, and also, um, again, how God nonetheless still cares for the people of Nineveh, which is what is shown in the book of, of Jonah. Habakkuk, um, it, one of the key questions it asks is, why isn't God destroying evil? And I know that's a question that comes up a lot. Like, okay, if there's a good God, why is there's all this evil happening? And um, the answer is that he will. You just got to be patient, right? And that's the theme that we talked about last last time is that God is sovereign and, and he will do all these things in his time, not when we want him to do it. Uh, Sivaniah, another book, It uh, the key theme is the harshest prof- one of the harshest prophecies of judgment. And... Um, it says, uh, one of the key verses in Zephaniah three seventeen through 19, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors. So we know that judgment does come from God and um, as well. And it's, you know, it's because um, we can get into that another time, but people think that that's not loving when, when it is. Uh, Zechariah, it talks about how God is coming and how he will live with his people. Um, in Zechariah 2, 10 through 11, it says, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. I will dwell in your midst and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So it's interesting because it's referring to himself, but then it says the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So he sent himself, the Lord will send the Lord. Um, so to come and, and dwell with us. So we know that this this is uh, referring to Jesus, right? Um, and who came as a in, in flesh and, and dwelled with human beings, although he was God himself as well. Um, the book of Matthew. So now I want to get into the New Testament. Um, that's one of the first gospels. It uh, shows how. Jesus fulfilled many of the Old Testament prophecies, like he was going to be born out of a virgin, his birth, a baptism that he was he was going to be baptized by John. He was baptized by John the Baptist, his death, and his resurrection. Um, so these are prophecies from Isaiah, Micah, Isaiah, Zechariah, um, some of the books that we briefly covered. The Gospel of Luke um, it addresses the Gentiles, and it also gives more details about women in Jesus's life. Um, and one of the key themes is that Jesus is the savior of, of all nations, right? So not, not for just a select group of people, but for all nations that decide to believe in him. And then John, which is the book that we were reading, uh, gives more of a unique perspective in Jesus. Both the other gospels are focused more on, G- on Jesus's kingdom. John and, uh, focus more, focuses more on Jesus himself. And who he is. That's why uh, when we were reading, it starts with in the beginning, there was God, and the, there was a word, and the word was God. The word was with God, and the word was God. And this is referring to Jesus Himself, um, and how through Him all things were made. So it says it refers to Jesus as the Word, and how He is God and was with God from the beginning. So again, something that is more deep that helps us understand the nature of Jesus. Then after the gospel comes the book of Romans, which is really a summary of Christian theology, how we're moving forward, moving from the law to the gospel, which is the, the good news, which is that it's by grace, right? Um, so Romans was written by Paul. Uh, one of my favorite um, verses in Romans is, um, I 
do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do, right? And, and I feel like many people have felt this way at times where, uh, you know, it just shows that as humans, we are imperfect, right? And in our own strength and in our own might, we are unable to really be able to uh, meet the standard of God. But, you know, that's okay. That's the good news is that God will still forgive us, right? And love us. And he has a plan for us, for our lives, the plan of salvation. So um, very, very good book. One of, probably my favorite book um, overall in the Bible, the book of Romans. Um, and it's a summary of Christian theology. First uh, Corinthians, it talks about uh, how to have good Christian morals, uh, love, friendship, the Lord's Supper. Um, that's one of the things it talks about. It talks about like, don't do this weird like rituals and stuff. Second um, Corinthians, um, you know, the, the, the first Corinthians was more like then telling that community in Corinth um, how to have good Christian morals. And then in the second one is like, hey, you, you actually got better, which is good, but they're being persecuted still. So they ask those questions like, why are we being persecuted now that we are doing better and following God? So, you know, very real questions here. Uh, Book of Galatians, uh, it's focused on not preaching a false gospel. And there is uh, basically a... An issue in the Galatian church because they were saying that you still needed to get circumcised and uh, they wanted to like keep, you know, that kind of like a small thing from the Jewish tradition um, to be able to to actually be be seen as a Christian. And, and they're called out as, hey, no, that's that's not the case. Right. Um, it's more about trusting God and his covenant. And that's what makes you God's people. It's not by you getting circumcised or doing any of these of these rituals so a little bit of a harder book uh, but yeah Ephesians it's about how Christians relate to each other so the relations between husband and wife parents and children servants and masters friends as well as us with Christ so um there's some, some great insight there. It goes into other things, obviously, but I'm just giving some of the key themes that, that it goes over. Philippians, um, it, one of the key themes is rejoicing in suffering and having hope. Um, and our hope is in Christ, right? Which, is, which comes when we focus on him and then the good things, right? Uh, one of the key verses is Philippians 4.8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So that comes from Philippians 4.8. And rejoicing in suffering. Amazing, amazing concept, right? Um, one of the key Buddhist uh, principles is life is suffering, right? And the Bible talks very openly about this. Jesus talked about very openly about how on this earth, we will suffer. Um, but he actually called us to rejoice when we suffer, right? Especially when we are suffering because of his sake, because of following him. Um, so, you know, it, it's a different way of living and seeing things than what the world would tell us. You know, the, the world would probably tell us like, oh, no, if you're suffering, we'll, you know, suffer and be sad and whatever. But no, it's like, hey, we can rejoice in suffering so and have hope. Why? Because we have hope in Christ. Uh, what he, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he, who his promises as well. Book of Colossians, um, it 
it's more of uh, the cosmic significance of Christ and how Christ holds the universe together, how all things uh, were made through and for him. So, um, you know, one of those the these books that goes a little bit deeper, I think um, today many people will, will kind of resonate with these type of principles. Um, and these book explains it, um, how, you know, Christ is actually who holds the universe together. And anyways, um, second Timothy, it's instructions on running a church. So, um, it's very cool that the Bible actually gives us very specific, um, instructions, even for that, which is very important. Right. Um, and it talks about what makes like a good, leader in the church and different the different uh leaders that there are within a church right so there's like deacons and etc and uh, you know it's very clear about them being of good character morals and like you know it says like they should have only had one wife like very clear things that unfortunately today they're not followed as much which i'm not judging anyone but um i just want to be clear that the bible does give us clear instructions on um, you know, churches and, and who should be leading them. Um, and there's also a focus on preaching the Bible, right? Because it's useful and it's the word of God. All of it is the word of God. Book of Hebrews. Uh, this is more of, um, you know, the, the meat and potatoes, um, as well as, as James, um, you know, there, and Paul references how, um, when you're a baby, you need milk and eventually you can start to chew on, you know, heavier things. And, um, you know, Hebrews is one of those books as well as James where it can go deeper and it's more meat. So I wouldn't say go into Hebrews or James, um, too much unless you, uh, feel like you have a better understanding of things, but, uh, it basically connects the old and the new Testament. It talks about, um, how some of the rituals mentioned in Leviticus, and ceremonies are actually shadows of Christ. So again, cool how God kind of connects everything together. And um, yeah, it talks about how no more sacrifices are necessary, right? And why? Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. So we don't need to continue to to give sacrifices and, and, and do these rituals that were instructed. Um, and... Now our focus also should be to um, raise our minds to to heavenly realities and focus on on the things from above, right? And how Christ is our high priest in heaven. So that's all in, in Hebrews. Book of James, um, it talks about what good religion looks like. Um, you might have heard me say, like, I don't consider myself too religious because I feel like religion is what actually kind of um, can have many people um, not want to get close to God. Um, and this is because people oftentimes I think preach one thing, but then act in another way. And James is very clear about like, you can't just have faith and not there, there not be any evidence for it. Um, and so there should be evidence for your faith, right. In, in your works as well. Now that we are saved by our works and what we do, that is good but there should be evidence, which is like, it's also references fruit. Second Peter um, talks more about the final judgment on the, of the world. And 
one of the big questions is like, why is it taking so long for this to happen? Why is God allowing the world to keep on going if there's, you know, all this evil and stuff? As even as kind of alluding to the other question. And we just got to understand that a day for the Lord, a thousand years in our time is like a day for, for the Lord, right? So, um, you know, for us, it might have been like, oh, it's been like 7,000 years. And God is like, it's been a week. So, yeah, you got to trust this timing. First uh, John talks about the importance of love, how God is love, and how do we know what love is. And um, I recommend looking at 1 Corinthians 13 for the definition of love, but it talks about this. And how do we know what God, what love is, is also looking at Christ, at Jesus, because he showed us what love is and looks like. That's First John. So First John also, by the way, um, there's the book of John, which is the gospel of John, which was the one that we started last week. Uh, then there's First John, Second John, and Third John, uh, which were all written by the same guy at different times. So we just covered First John. Second John uh, goes more over don't let false Christ be introduced and how there will be at times people that will start to say, well, Christ didn't come in the flesh, right? And this is a, f- a false doctrine. Uh, so he says to be be careful and, and not allow this into the church, which is actually a theme that I've seen now, um, even with people that are close to me, unfortunately, where they like they believe that um, like Christ wasn't really like a human being. He's more of like a concept of, in a way, what Colossians was alluding to of like that life force that, brings everything together and whatnot. But uh, there's just so much evidence that Jesus was a real human being and that he fulfilled all these prophecies and he came and died and resurrected. Um, Like tons of eyewitnesses uh, that saw him resurrected. And also uh, many people that died, like were put to death, basically murdered. Um, because of their belief in Jesus and not denying what they saw and what they believed in him. And usually this doesn't happen unless people actually believe in what they are saying, right? Like people won't just like get crucified backwards for a lie like Peter, right? So um, anyways, it's just one example. Um, Jude, so this is the second to last book from the Bible. It talks about protecting the church from false teaching because this leads to destruction. So again, big emphasis towards the end of the Bible on false teaching. And it's very interesting because isn't that so important, right? Isn't that essential nowadays, especially with um, misinformation? And, um, you know, when we we even think about AI, um, artificial intelligence, and there's so much good that can come from it. But like one of the biggest threats that people find with it and is discussed is how it could be used as a tool to make um, misleading information, very believable and whatnot. So in general, we got to be careful with false information, but in here it's being very clear about, we need to protect the church from false teaching. And, um, another of the signs that was said by Jesus and in the book of Revelation, there will be many false teachers at the end of times, which I think is what we're seeing nowadays. Um, a lot of false teachers and pastors and again, Another reason why a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to go to church because these pastors are corrupt and they're just buying their third jet and that's what they use the money for and whatever. It's like, yeah, like these people do exist, but 
it's my opinion very silly from a for a person to to say hey i'm not gonna have a community like or you know not seek a relationship with god or get to know what the truth is because a human being uh that is corrupt is being corrupt right and is using uh is using it for their advantage. So, yeah. Um, and then the last book is the book of Revelation. And basically, moral of the story is God wins in the end. He will make all things new. Um, and it's very symbological, this book. So I wouldn't recommend you just kind of like start reading it without getting understanding from, from the book. One book that can help you understand the book of Revelation a lot better is the book of Daniel. Because the book of Revelation actually goes over a lot of human history in a very short time, more from that symbological perspective and um, different kingdoms that have risen and have come and have gone, and um, which is something that is talked about in the book of Daniel as well. And um, the final kingdom is God's kingdom. Um, and we are right now approaching that final kingdom uh, because there's a lot of evidence that we are. In the book of Daniel, talks about the different kingdoms and the, the last kingdom, which is uh, the kingdom that we're living in. Um, then the, it says the rock is cut out from heaven. It destroys that statue and it establishes itself, grows into a huge mountain. It takes over all of the earth and that is the kingdom of, of God um, that will be established on earth for a thousand years and there will be a city called the new jerusalem and all of god's people will live there in peace and uh christ will reign so yeah uh that's the kind of full synopsis of of the history of of um god's people and it's cool that god can reveal to us that's why it's called book of revelation even what will come in in the in the future so if you are interested to learn more um i definitely as you know, encourage people to to seek this and and read the Bible, pick it up for yourself. I just don't think it makes sense for me to to read the, the whole books, all these books, and all all scripture. I mean, I might do that from time to time, but um, if I think there's something that could be important from there, but um, you know, it's I think it's it also needs to be your own desire to do that. And um, since I'm traveling for the next few weeks, I'm not going to be posting anything um could be a month until the next podcast but during this time i just encourage you to open the word of god and uh and check it out right and and uh there's a lot that you can gain from that as well so hope this serves you well and uh until the next time love everybody bye